Hello and welcome to That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the magic that is everyday technology. Hey Chris, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? I've been, uh, I've followed the hype and started watching that Squid Games. Yeah, no, I've not watched it yet, it looks good though. Apparently that's really badly translated. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you, you follow it, like when you know it's been translated, you can always pick up on, oh, that doesn't quite make sense so it must been, there must there, be there's been some talk on on tiktok of like koreans retranslating it and saying this character is entirely different in korean strange yeah. i wonder i wonder if that's more of wonder if that's like an artistic choice or whether that's like a um a bad translation because it could be it could be like could be you know what yeah, it could, like this character, people wouldn't like this character if they acted in this way or something. Which but, is weird, though, because um, you just take it as it comes, really, don't you? you know? Yeah. I mean, like I say, at least the storyline is making sense. <laughs> um, it's not like, you know, you can forgive... Well, actually, to be fair, I, I recently read a book that was um, Japanese. It was called uh, uh, Norwegian Wood. Hmm. And... There's literally just one or two words here and there. You think, oh, that that probably isn't what they're trying to say, but it's like a word here or there. Mm. Um, whereas in this, I haven't really noticed a misplaced phrase or word or something like that. So, I like I say, either it's like complete sentences that are kind of out of whack, or whether it's I think it's, uh, I think it's vibes that are wrong. Yeah, you know, vibes. Not good vibes either. going on. But I've not, I've not seen it yet. I mean, it looks good. certainly looks good. Well, we'll see. I'm early days yet and it mm. builds. So um, I'm on episode... Th- I'll be watching episode three next. So who knows? I've had a few late nights of coding this week as we've been putting together our uh, new and updated website. Wow, yeah, there we go. Good good yeah. little plug there. Yeah, nice. little plug. It's good. It's uh, It's got episodes on it now and you can listen live. On the episode, on the web page, on the episodes, um, I'm not making sense there, am I? You can listen on the episode pages, which is great. Yeah. So it's the first time we've been able to play audio directly through our website. So you can go and check that out at thattech.show and uh, criticise my coding, which would be great. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I've been, I've had uh, a little bit of uh, stuff playing on in the background. So I, I found this clip on uh, on TikTok actually, and it was about this billionaire who gets dropped in Erie, Pennsylvania, and has a hundred dollars, and he's pledged he's going to turn uh, turn this hundred dollars into a million dollar business in ninety days. And so I was like, mm. "What the hell is this?" And so it turns out it's a it's a discovery show that was done in like twenty nineteen. The billionaire is a genuine billionaire. His name is Glenn Stearns. He founded like this lending company, and he's and he's got a really interesting background just of him of his of his own. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating little show. It's about eight episodes long of him getting dropped with a false name and a hundred dollars and a beat up truck, and you know he has no accommodation, he has no contacts, and he he basically tries to turn tries to create a business out of nothing. He doesn't even know what business he's going to create. He's never been to Erie before. Um, mm. And it's fascinating. I've ended up watching two seasons whilst we were built. Whilst I was building our site, mm. I found it hugely inspirational. Um, so much so that I've been like looking up his uh, his his various other talks and and things before uh, that he's done mm. before. Um, 
I think it's given me a huge boost of energy, really, for, uh, for, for getting on with my own stuff and finding my own businesses and things. It's, that, uh, it's great. That's really good. That reminds me of the Kyle McDonald thing, one red paperclip, where he turns a paperclip into a house. Oh, it's a lot um, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is really cool. I mean, of course, this guy has a wealth of experience behind him uh, already owning millions. But it, it, I guess it's interesting to see how he applies that knowledge in really grassroots situations such as starting a business. Like what Yeah, and what I think, he would do sort I, of thing if, you I, know, I think there's, again. A, there's definitely a good, a good couple of takeaways from like, you know, finding the right people, treating people with respect, helping to get the most out of other people. Um, but also just pushing through and like pivoting when you hit adversity. You know, it's it's. I, I just found it quite inspirational. I mean, I know it's a reality TV show. There'll be a whole load of editing in there that makes a whole load of things make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Although actually, I have watched some fo- some follow up, and they've they've left some interesting stuff out of it, um, which I thought was good. Um, okay. But it's a great it's a great show. It's called Undercover Billionaire. The first season's on YouTube. I think I bought the second one on Amazon. Um, but it it was uh, yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. Really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to check that out. I mean, inspirational. Plus, I'm like I say, I think you'd learn a lot from it because he'll be in situations that you and I will very much find ourselves in, you know, and it will be interesting to see how he navigates those. I mean, you probably seen it so you know <laughs> don't don't no spoilers I'm, I'm trying here. not to give you the spoilers <laughs> <laughs> he fails he fails <laughs> yeah so you'll have to check it out see what you think um and for the listeners as well but you know check it out undercover billionaire highly recommended so anyway who do we have on the show today chris well today's show is going to be a bit unusual as our guest's day job is not in tech In fact, today's show is going to be a bit meta as we're joined by Angie, the host of the podcast Too Old for This Shit, to talk all about starting a podcast as we're pulling back the curtain, to use her words from her website, learnpodcasting.online, where she teaches people how to get started in podcasting and how to not be daunted by the technology. Awesome. Sounds really exciting. Well, before we get into that, I'll just remind our listeners if they wouldn't mind leaving us a review on the various different podcasting platforms. I think Apple is the only one that allows that, actually. And (laughs) And Podchaser. And Podchaser. And review on Podchaser. Yeah, will be... A A review on Podchaser goes a long way. There we go. So uh, if we could ask our listeners to Likes do on Twitter as well. We like likes on Twitter. <laughs> likes it makes me feel Twitter. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, they help keep the cogs turning, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah. No, I don't. Explain that more. Um, <laughs> enthusiasm. Energy. I don't know. <laughs> this will probably be edited down. Hopefully. Here is, uh, <laughs> here is Angie. So my name is Angie and I'm a podcaster and I'm also a podcasting mentor. I have, am I allowed to swear on your show? Yeah, go on. Okay. So because <laughs> the name of my podcast has a bad word. So it's tool for this shit, but it's spelled with an asterisk, S-H asterisk T. So tool for this shit. And it's a funny outspoken podcast on relationships, misfits and uh, human nature. So it's mainly interview based and that's what I do. And um, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, thanks for being here anyway. So um, how did you get into this? How did you get into starting a podcast? 
Okay, so I've always loved the medium of audio. It's one of my favorite. So for years, I was listening to audio books, you know, if I wasn't, because I tend to read when I travel or before I go to bed. But if I'm out doing chores and things, I quite like to have like an audio book or listening to something. And so, yeah, so that's, so I already had like the, uh, I was already leaning into that. And then I've, learned about podcasts not that long ago maybe like five or six years ago four or five you know it all blurry now but like let's say five years ago <laughs> and I really enjoyed it and I got really hooked on it and I was like oh I really would love to do one as well but I didn't know about what and I thought until I know exactly what it's going to be about I'm not starting it you know I have to feel that impulse of like this is it and so to answer your question how I got into it it was in December 2018. It was like a gloomy London morning, Sunday. And there'd been like a few things that had been going on over the last, over the months prior. And that sort of like made me feel a bit like a big fat loser and just like, you know, <laughs> not having my stuff together. So I wake up that Sunday morning, go to the bathroom to get ready, you know, brush my teeth and stuff. And I look at myself in the mirror and then I, it literally just came out, out of my mouth. I was just like, I'm too old for this shit. And I live by myself. So like, you know, that felt on no one else but me. You know, that was just me that heard <laughs> that. And and in that moment, I was like, there it is. I know exactly what I want with the podcast. And because the feeling, the feeling behind that sentence was that I felt like there were so many things that I was learning after 40 or finding out after 40 that I felt like I really should have known at 18. Like, why was no one in the backdrop going, hey, you know, that bit, yeah, watch out for this or do this. Or like, (laughs) it was like, this is like too late in the game. And so in that moment, I sort of wrote, um, I was like, I want to get interviews. I want to get people who are like smarter than me to come on. And so I wrote like a post in three different Facebook groups that I was like already really active in. And as I was like, hey, I'm looking to interview people, like, you know, interview um, individuals on XYZ and hear the requirements. But it was very vague. It was like I was covering anything from business to like sex. It was just like super, super broad. Right? <laughs> I was like, I want to cover everything. And then I, that's how I started. And eventually I sort of like narrowed it down. And, you know, like like you probably know, you sort of evolve and change it as you go. You don't have to get it all figured out up top, like, you know. So, yeah, that's how I did it. And then six months later... Bam! I had um, episodes out. So actually, just you you, ma- you mentioned something there. You said you don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Does that not teach you then that because you were procrastinating, just you know, for lack of a better word, procrastinating in the beginning of just like trying to figure out what your podcast needs to be about? Because you're right, you never know what it's going to be about. And Chris and I are a massive. Um, advocates of the agile methodology i don't know if you know anything about that but it's about getting something up and kind of figuring out along the way learning not knowing that you won't have all the answers so is that not something that you would probably tell yourself before you start the podcast and not no because it it wasn't no because it wasn't because i was procrastinating i I already had a few things going on i was you know um you know working full-time, doing my own venture. I was like health consultant and I was writing a lot because I used to be a, a comic. So I, still, so I was always busy. And it's like, unless there's like, for me to actually take on something else, I didn't want to have a podcast just to have one. Mm. The minute I knew it was going to be about, I did it. 
Apple Quest on other things, 100%. <laughs> like, you know, don't get me wrong, I do. But that one, no, I wouldn't change it because that, that passionate, pissed off, fed up moment was the beginning of it. That was I'm, like, amazed that you, you know, I'm amazed that you managed to take something so negative in the sense of I'm too old for this shit and turn it into something positive, which is a podcast. It's a good skill. It's a good skill <laughs> well, to get to do that. Is it, yeah, for me, laughing and comedy—that's how—that's how I—that's how I, my therapy. That's how I sort of like—that's how I digest stuff and process things. You know, after you cry and you're angry, you know, you got to laugh about it pretty quick. Like you can't be staying in that zone you know so i love humor and i love if i can be the bottom of the joke which in most of the interviews i am <laughs> you know i'm fine if it helps bring your point forward i'm game for it you know so did you, yeah. you said you were a comic but is this your show has not got like has got an element of comedy about it right yeah so i've listed under comedy mainly because i even though i, I sort of tackle hard topics at times like it's not a therapy session and I'm not a therapist. So mm-hmm. it's really important that the guests and myself, we can laugh at ourselves, laugh at the situation, or, you know, we can crack a few jokes because this, it helps for individuals like, you know, it, it doesn't suit for everyone. But for me, I, li- I like to have, I need some comedy because otherwise if you're there and bring, you know... I, 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 I need someone to take the piss a little bit out of me sometimes, you know, and it's like, it's that, it's a special, it's a specific type of individual, but also it is because um, you'll see there's a lot of other shows out there who also tackle the same kind of topics and also under comedy because they like to also crack a joke and we're not, it's a way of also informing listeners that, you know, this is not the doctor hour, this is not the, you know, even though we actually go quite deep at times, but... Yeah, so there is a lot of we, there is a lot of giggles and and laughs every once in a while, uh, a few tears sometimes, but that's more rare. <laughs> <laughs> but you say there's a lot of other shows out there covering the same sort of content. I'm not sure that's true. Looking at some of your recent episodes, I mean, there's like two that are here together. You've got compromise. Com- are compromises ruining your relationships and flying saucers? Right. Like, like <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, possibly. I guess what I got I mean is that. Um, is, for example, there are other shows who cover as well things like, you know, dating, sex, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with, you know, narcissism and that kind of stuff. But they're under comedy because they're not afraid to, to crack a joke. And it's almost like you almost have to have that label to make sure that people get it, that it's not necessarily for everybody. It is not, you know, it's for a certain purpose. But yeah, no, I, I just like to cover whatever I'm interested in. <laughs> Well, I think that's, yeah. the, that, that's, that's kind of the beauty of the title you've got there, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. suppose you can probably cover a real wide range of things under that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, yes, so that's true. Uh, <laughs> there's a statement. Um, yes, well done. Um, <laughs> moving on. So how did, you, how did you get from being interested in podcasts and only discovering them as recently as five years ago, which I think is actually probably... In the in the uh, in the grand scheme of things, that's quite a long time ago for some people. Okay. Um, even though they've been out there for probably twenty odd years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, how did you get from from not not knowing how you were going to start a podcast to now actually helping people to start their own podcasts? Well, that's why it took me six months from that moment in the mirror to releasing <laughs> them, or pop- actually almost seven months, because it was end of July. Uh, the last week of July, I released it. And that was like in mid-December that I got that, you know, Eureka moment. So, uh, so yeah, seven months. But it was basically a mixture of 
trying to figure it out myself, like, you know, Googling and stuff. And then also, I actually had quite, um, I was quite lucky that I knew some good people in sound and that mm. kind of stuff. So that they were like, you know, just techie. And they knew that I was bootstrapping. Like, I was not interested in being told, yeah, go get that 2,000 pound microphone. And I don't even know how to open the box because it's going to be so complex. So I wasn't interested in that. <laughs> then yeah, I was like, this is lean over here. So just, you know, and so that's what I got. And then I just tried and I, I made tons of mistakes. And um, the thing that took me so long as well was learning how to edit um, mm. the tracks. And and then at the beginning, I also outsourced the sound mastering, how to master, like to do the levels and stuff. And then I eventually did it myself. Um, and so... There was a lot of learning, a lot of like, you know, and, you know, how to learning even like, you know, when you do an interview, like how much do you reveal about yourself and how do you engage mm. the person and are you going to make a fool of yourself? You know, all of this mm. stuff, you know, you have all these thoughts. But yeah, so it was a, a mixture of, a, of different things. How, how do you learn? How did you learn rather to edit or engage people? Oh, um well, with the edit, made a lot of mistakes. So I would sometimes spend like five hours. I'm five hours in, like trying to edit this interview, and then all of a sudden, I do one, I do one thing, and and it changes the whole thing. I still, to, you know, like I would do stupid stuff like that, and I couldn't recover. Go back and recover the original, like the previous mm -hmm. edit version, and so I literally wasted five hours. There's a lot of like moments like that. Um, also, um, actually, um, I didn't realize that. Um, because what I wanted to, what I did was I did a batch recording. So I wanted to release a pilot season of, you know, originally eight episodes, but then it was seven. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like, I'll get all the guests first, you know, figure out who I'm going to interview and then I'm going to record them all. And then I'm going to do the, figure out the edit. And I was sort of doing it in stages. But then when I did that, I realized that, oh, yeah, the microphone was in a completely wrong position oh, the yes. whole time and all. Which, yeah. to be honest, is no drama because it was fine. Right. No one ever mentioned it, you know, unless someone who's a sound person, uh, you know, and they were like, the sound isn't quite great, is it? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the first few ones. And so things like that. Um, and engaging the, the guest, I would say it's a mixture uh, because I feel like to engage a guest is like you have to actually be interested in them. So I always yeah. had guests <laughs> I actually really enjoy having on and I really love or I really enjoy the topic or both, right? So I'm naturally curious about them. One thing that I learned, which I figured out once I was editing myself, that I need to learn to shut the fuck up a bit more, you know? Like I was, was like, going to oh. say, no, no, joking. But I, I'm, I'm the guest here, so I can talk right now. <laughs> you want me to talk? But yes, it's, that's the thing. Is like, ooh. And you sort of learn by... I learned a lot, actually, by listening back because I'd mm. never like to listen back to myself. But uh, I learned a lot from that as well. Mm. Had you had you done many interviews before or anything similar in that sort of context, or was it that brand new to you to learn how to interview? I had worked in recruitment a little a little bit mm. years ago, and also I used to work in events, um, okay, and promotion. So I was used to having to create a um, create a rapport very mm. fast because often you didn't know anyone 
like every single day everyone would change that you'd go and when you go and work so in that sense i think that has helped a lot um is that is that how you still do it then do you still try and build a rapport or have you developed any sort of techniques or different techniques i suppose over the course of your uh, your show I think I can answer for you a little bit there. You've kind of already mentioned something which is quite interesting. And it's, you mentioned about like being the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. It feels like that's a way of kind of lowering the button, just removing all kind of um, barriers, as it were. Yeah. I don't know whether you agree with that, but it's something you alluded to earlier, which I found quite interesting. And I think that's straight away, we jumped into conversations because potentially that, you said anything goes here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's important because I guess the way I see it when interviewing guests is that because a lot of the topics can be they're quite personal, mm. right? So because they're out there opening up, I can't just be there going, yeah, that's fucking weird. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I can't be like that. I have to be like, yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, yeah. I hear you, like, you know, that one time I did, you know. So I had to learn to open up myself a bit more yeah. because I'm quite private. So I'm actually a lot more open on the podcast, which is why I don't tend to like telling people around me necessarily. Like, I don't need my friends to be listening. You know, obviously, I, I, I like the support, but sometimes I'm like, they're finding out things about me, I think. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that if they, they feel like that I'm okay to be, like, I'm not here to take myself seriously, um, it doesn't mean I don't get embarrassed by some of the things I say when I hear back. I'm like, oh Christ! But um, do do you cut them out or leave them in? <laughs> no, I well, take, that's I take, a valid question. Yeah, I, I I leave I leave them in. The times where I take stuff out is because, uh, like I have I talked that actually when I when I teach is like you have to have a conversation with yourself before you start off a podcast, and it will change over time. Is to do the boundaries. There are certain things that. I'm not okay to cover. So if it involves other people, if I think that maybe that thing I said, people are going to think a certain way about my ex or about my family. You know what I mean? There's some people haven't chosen to be on it. I've chosen. Mm -hmm. So those things, like I have to sometimes go, oh, wait, maybe that was too much. Or, you know, there's certain things I used to say or think that I don't think that way anymore. But that's okay Mm -hmm. because, like, you know, Sam, and you know, Chris, that over time, you know, we evolve. But so as long as I'm happy to leave, I've, I've left everything up because at the time, I can back it up. That was how, That's where I was standing at that moment. That's how I felt or thought. Now I may, I think differently and that's okay. Mm. N- neither are better. There's not one that's better or worse. It's just, it is what it is. And so I think in that sense, but yeah, I've sometimes removed stuff if I felt like it didn't convey what I was trying to say, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm learning with podcasts, is sometimes I need to actually be a lot clearer with my communication. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm learning constantly, actually, that I realize that maybe... It's a key skill, for sure. Very, very key, key skill. skill. Like, it's very key. You know, it, I think it all comes down to just simplicity. The, the, the simpler you can make something, the better, and that's just so that's just so true. There's a phrase around something like, "Sorry, the email was so long, I didn't have time." I didn't to have time re- to write a shorter one. Yeah, <laughs> 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 because you're, you're distilling it in your mind, yeah. you know. So it's definitely yeah. something to, um, 
yeah to learn and we're still learning yeah chris and i are still learning i think you know um if a joke doesn't land from me i just remove it you know <laughs> but we, we, we still and if we, a joke does land from me just insert some silence <laughs> <laughs> tumbleweed so i was gonna say if it doesn't land sometimes you just have to remove a bit mm, of time yeah you know you can sometimes make it a bit funnier by editing yeah mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or if I've, you know, or Chris, you know, we've just mentioned something. It's like that is completely off. But what? Why did we even? Yeah, you know, there was you're clearly not listening, or clearly just misunderstood something. So remove. That. I mean, but, I think we're doing better at that now absolutely. than we were when we started because we're we're what like thirty eight nine something episodes in. This might be the fortieth one that goes out. I, I mean, really, I don't know the order they're going out in. This might be thirty nine. Uh, you know, that's a treat for the listeners there to see if I got it right or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but you know you learn a little bit over time don't you the more Mm. you do the more you figure out how you can do things differently i'm curious to know has it changed how you interact in real life away from the microphone absolutely yes 100 percent. in in what way um i'm being a lot more mindful not to interrupt like i oh really i always knew i was a chatterbox because in 2010, in the first corporate job I had, like in a very long time, so I used to be self-employed in the creative industry. And then all of a sudden, I'm like in corporate job. But the secret center, I got these mugs, like, you know, I can't remember what they're called, but there's a mug and it was like Chatterbox. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I know, that's true. An award. An award, oh, yeah. You know, secret centers are a great way to give out backhanded compliments. Or <laughs> <laughs> I drank from it with pride because I wasn't going to be too ashamed to admit it. You know, I was like, yes, correct. I know. So, um, yeah, definitely learn to... And also I asked by the question. So I'm thinking about this like when... Um, because I, st- I still have a day job and I'm, I'm about to... As I was interviewing for a new one, I've learned to ask better questions and I've learned to just say less. Mm. I think those two things come hand in hand though because you say less you listen more and you become more invested in what that person's saying and it gives you the space then to consume and think about and process what that person is saying yeah I think I've nailed it that's it but that's it because also it's so uh, you know it is there are certain sometimes people ask too too that too much the questions too direct like and actually, sometimes you just have to go a bit a different route. And that's how you're actually going to get information that you actually need for the job, for example. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that that sort of that sort of helped. And also to listen to myself more. Like if I had a good instinct about interviews, like for jobs, I have to listen to it because it's there. It's right. And it shows at the moment of negotiating contract. So I think all of that, like the podcast has benefited but also like personal growth, which I'm sure you both guys like learn, especially because you guys are working together. So that's like a, mm. that's a whole other ball game. Why do you think so? Because you have to, because I think, because if you both, if you both have one podcast is you'll have to, you have, there's, 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 there has to be some sort of a negotiate, I'm assuming, um, maybe wrongly, but there, ha- there must be some sort of negotiation agreement, you know, who does what, because editing is bloody time consuming, uh, unless you obviously outsource it, but who does the edi- editing, who finds the guests, who communicates with the guests, uh, or you both do a bit of everything, because you don't want someone, one person to resent, but maybe the other person didn't realize that they felt that way, so you have to make sure um, there's communication, you know, and it's okay to fight about it, you know, but as long as you come to a resolution, um, and that is not easy. Yeah, it's not actually. I mean, we've had our, our uh, little di- uh, disagreements over that, haven't we, Sam? 
yeah but at the same time i feel like i mean one thing we've had we've been, i've i don't know whether you've heard this chris but one one thing that people have said is that we have a chemistry that happened very very early on it's like people listen to some of the earliest episodes it's like you you guys sound good together so i think we've we've we're quite transparent we've always been quite transparent with with things and and whatever but certainly around those boundaries of what you even said in a text last week wasn't it chris around like it would be good to know where these boundaries lie and and, mm. and that does help because i think we've solidified them over time haven't we because i think we yeah. sort of naturally fell into doing certain roles you know like you know you tended to take on more of the editing and i've done more of the guest booking and that sort of stuff and then we've split the development of the website ourselves because obviously you know we have to develop our own website because we're developers so you know <laughs> no one's good enough no one's good enough to do it no that's it well, that's it yeah yeah but it, yeah, i think i think you've you've actually nailed it right there, mm. to be honest around around why it's different and and that is totally true and I don't think that's necessarily a podcast thing. That's just a collaboration thing. And I run my own company. I have my own company. And um, I started with my girlfriend. And it was a balancing act and trying to figure out that sort of thing. But the moment I was on my own, rightly or wrongly, I was like off to the races because I didn't have to consult with anyone. I didn't I have to ask anyone to do anything. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's probably plenty of bad choices made because of that. <laughs> but... When you can do things your way, there is definitely pros to that as mm. well as cons, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit of a control freak uh, in the sense that I quite like to to do things myself. But at the same time, there's certain things that are so time consuming. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like, you know. But How do you deal with the motivation side of things, though? Because th this is the thing, like, for me, it really helps having Sam on board because I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time. I used to listen to podcasts like when Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand had a podcast together. And that was like, what, 2002 or something when they ended up in Look that? Look at that. You're like an OG podcast oh, listener. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like old school in terms of my You're podcast obsessions. Um, <laughs> you must have been too, because you look so young, Chris. I don't know how that oh, happened. I've just yeah. had a haircut. Whoa, now, whoa, I look, now I look about 28 again. Sam, on the other hand, looks you like he's nearing 40. You just <laughs> very young, Chris. You didn't have to say your name. You guys look very young. Uh, no, but he was the one admitting 2002. Sam, I don't know. Mm. You may have been started listening in 2018. I don't know. Uh, I didn't even like podcasts, to be fair. Listen, you look, you, you look, you look <laughs> I about, still don't like podcasts. You look about one, Sam, so you're fine. You look, you, you both have very fresh faces. <laughs> I so, can't even remember what my point was. Oh, uh, the motivation, sorry. The motivation. You said, like, how you to get... It was good having Sam on board. That's all I had. Oh, okay. yeah. No, it is good having Sam on board because I have wanted to do a podcast for a very long time. But I think actually having somebody else there to tell you you've got to do this now or you've got to do this or that, you know, as Sam has to do from time to time, more often than he probably <laughs> wants to do, it really helps. And I, I just don't know, like, how, how do you deal with just being, you know, on your own as, like, I do this podcast how do you how do you motivate yourself to get the guests do all of the stuff do the editing put it out all that sort of stuff it's a lot of work to do yeah it is yeah i think it um one two, i'm going to start with the last uh last part of your question in terms of the amount of work it helps to automate a lot so automate a lot, a lot of the things doesn't mean it doesn't take work 100 percent, it does uh you know but in terms of the motivation yeah it has come you know it has come in ups and you know uh, in waves in terms of um, for example, last year, you know, in the pandemic, um, I took a, for six months, I didn't do, I didn't release any episodes. And that is oh, because, really? yeah, I did. Um, and I used to release weekly. 
And I don't know what episode number I got to. Anyway, I think it was maybe like, I don't know. I'm very curious about 50. that question, by the way. <laughs> what, which... we're, we're doing weekly, so it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I did, yeah, so I think it was around, yeah, 50 or 49, I don't know, it's something like that. And, um, and most of them, probably 98%, was interview. So, as mm. you know, that, that creates extra uh, workload. Um and I just sort of like hit a wall where all of a sudden I realized I felt like I was just like trying to chase the next idea. And I was like, I didn't really know. It was sort of a bit of a perfect storm because uh, the, it was lockdown and I was made redundant. And then I was in this new relationship that was like, you know, you know, it can be very distracting and not always for the right reasons. And there was so much going on. And I was just like, I, was, I think I was a bit lost, to be quite honest. And I was actually, you know... Um, going down a bit of a down spiral for, 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 there was a few things going, I'm not going to start, you know, I don't want to get dark, but it was just like, you know, I was just sort of spiraling down and I wasn't mentally, I wasn't there. I wasn't, Mm. and I didn't want to be, I remember the last recording I did never aired. Okay. That one, it never aired. I was maybe halfway through, not even, not even, it was so fast actually, but I don't remember what point. Um, and I was interviewing this this person and she was great, but I was like, this is so the wrong fit for the podcast. Because she was so young and her advice was not, it was just was so, it was just not a right fit. But I was just like, she would be great. I'd like to have her like back in like 10 years, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was having this moment and I, I could even hear in my voice, I had no, oh, there was no oomph. And I just went, I literally stopped her there. I was just, I'm so sorry. Like, I really love what you're saying, but I have to re- I have to be honest with you. I don't think this is going to be a fit for the audience. And I, I said it in a way, actually, she was quite fine. Like, you know, we actually stayed friendly afterwards. Like, you know, there's a way you can say things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just owned it up to her. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, not on my, I'm not on my game. And I was just like, it was kind of a bit of a shocker to me because it hadn't happened before. And I was like, I need to get myself... I need to get myself sorted before because I didn't want to be on a podcast and be a car crash. Uh, I'm happy to talk about the car crash, but after I mended, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Otherwise, you're just watching, you know, um, a therapy session and who wants to do that? So, it's, uh, I mean, I didn't want to be that. And so, so yeah, so I had to take some time out and figure out. And I'm glad I did. Um, I'm glad I did because I needed it. And I need to get a few things in order. And then once I was there, I was just like back with a vengeance. It didn't hurt the numbers. Uh, not that, you know, even if it did, it, it was what I had to do. And you have to do what's right for you because otherwise what you're going to be delivering, you know. So it did, you know, now I do twice a month, which is a much better speed for me. So I, you said a magic word in amongst that and it was automation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you automate? What do you automate? Right. So, uh, so it starts off with, um, you know, when I approach guests, you know, so like the bits I need to include in that, you know, like, so they know, so they have a link of how to find it. There's a bit of a spiel of what it's about or, you know, or how well it did, you know, just to hook them in. Um, and then, so that's already templated, but why I'm approaching them, that's customized every time. But that's already enough work, right? You just got, you know, why am I approaching mm-hmm. this person? What I want to talk to them about. So that's so that's one bit. Once they've said yes, is um, I send them a link to the my scheduling link. 
acuity. So it goes straight to my calendar. I don't have to be going back and forth about the days because I used to stress me out a lot. Because it's like, mm. so, I mean, stress me out is a big word. Uh, it wasn't really stressing me out. But it's just a not conducive use of time. No, and I don't mm. like going back and forth on email. I find it so yeah. annoying for me. And it's like, especially when we're dealing with time zones, because a lot of my guests are, you know, they're not necessarily in the same time zone as me. So then if I have to start calculating, forget it. I don't want to do that. I mean, I love math, but not that way. So, <laughs> uh, and then... And then once the, so once once we have a booking for the day, I automate the emails I send out. Obviously, I have a template for the outline I send, um, and then I have another template for the text stuff. And all of that are already saved in my Gmail. So they're like, I think I don't know what they call it. They used to call them canned responses. Yeah, canned responses. Yeah, yeah. I think now it's just template. Um, yeah. And so I have that already. And I just, all I include in is, you know, the outline that I want to, so those things are there. So I have four parts that I sent, two before the interview and then two after. And the two after are basically all the links, how they get the links to share with their audience. The other one is all the marketing collaterals because I'm doing them for me. I may as well send them to them. They may or may not use it. I can't enforce it for them to share it, but I can give them the possibility to. So those things automated my editing as well in terms of the uh, mastering the level, the sound, pretty much there has to be something pretty great for me to having to go in and tweak it. But the basis is there. Yeah, obviously all the marketing in Canva, you know, like um, sometimes I change the template, but I use the same template. I don't reinvent, I don't, I don't try and be creative every bloody, uh, <laughs> every time I launch an episode and do all, oh, let me put a flower here or something. I'm not, like it's the same, like people know what they're getting. And um well, Sam draws a picture for every uh, for every episode. Well, good for yeah. you, Sam. I got me. You can draw that one for me. <laughs> for my you will. You'll get one. You'll get one. Are you? Can you? Are you actually good at drawing? Yeah. Well, you, you look it's at simplistic the, view. It's a simplistic. You can, you can look at the artwork and make your make a decision for yeah. yourself. No, no, I was kind of <laughs> Don't tell me you. though, because it will hurt my feelings. <laughs> Unless it's good. Unless it's positive, then I'll love to do it. <laughs> Is that standing? Yeah. So yeah, we 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 create unique artwork, but uh, I I certainly le- learned something there from the automation. We should definitely get a Canonly because Canonly allows you to send out emails before mm. their meeting, so you could do that. Um, we need to sync it with both our calendars. Import, unfortunately, is a paid feature, so we'll have to. Yeah, actually, I don't have way. this thing with my calendar, but I do go in and check. Like I have mm. set, it helps me. With, I use um, Acuity, which is the same as Calendly. It's the same oh, idea. Okay. And what I do is like I know, you know, especially um, like you know, especially if I start like a new contract, new work, then I know I need to set times in a way that it won't get in the way, and I can actually focus on it. So for the recording, so mm-hmm. it, that's one way as well to get especially when you're starting out, you're doing things yourself, it helps to actually have people actually work around your schedule, Mm -hmm. right? And if you really want to get someone on and they can't make the times that you have on your Calendly or Acuity scheduling page, then you can always always go, okay, well, tell me, I was going to, okay, let me know what days. And then sometimes, most likely, I can probably work it out, but it's just that I just didn't put... You know, I don't want to have all my mornings taken, mm. you know, like from 5 to 7 a.m. every day. Like I want to have a possibility to rest as well, you know, but yeah, you can How always... How often are you doing podcasts at 5 a.m.? <laughs> no, I don't. But sometimes I wake up, like if I get really excited about something new I'm creating or put a, mm. a part of it, then my body wakes up at 5. I'm like, no, it's still dark out. 
But then I'm like, <laughs> but then I'm excited and then actually I get out of bed. So it does happen. But then on day four, I'm like, no, I need to sleep a bit more because then I'm tired. You know? <laughs> yeah. So actually, that's an interesting question though. What time do you tend to do your podcasts? When do you normally slot them in? Um, well, it depends because now like I had a, a couple of weeks between two contracts. So I kind of like do them during the day. Mm. Uh, whenever it suits that the person really um but now uh going forward it'll be uh weekends and evenings you mm. know that's when i'll be doing them for now um i do have a uh time in the morning but not to do a recording so that is not enough so those times in the morning are more for uh, my students if they want to have like a chat um about things and stuff if they want to do early but the the option is there if they want it and i'll, and I'll be happy to do <laughs> I'd it love, i'd love to uh, i'd love to be able to show your facial expression as you said that yeah it's, uh, it looked very reluctant i'll, I'll, I'll do it um, <laughs> did i pick up on something you didn't quite want to <laughs> no i mean the thing is no i think i probably would but it's just it's more that it's um I've actually got into a much better habit um, at the end of the pandemic because I have, if I have a tendency to want to be a night owl, but that's not how I function the best. Mm. So, uh, but now that I'm like in a much better place and I have all these things going on, I'm saying yes to loads of opportunities. I'm actually naturally excited. And so actually I do wake up naturally really early. My body's like, let's go. And so I do get up early and then I go to bed like, you know, early as well um but if i but if you know if i if i go and do something social on the thursday night with my friend or on the weekend I, the next two days i can't get up at five like i need i need time to recover even if i'm not out um i'm not out like like drinking and stuff i'm just well i have like a couple of glasses but i'm not out it's not because i'm hungover necessarily uh but it's just because my schedule has been my routine is upside down I'm, I'm exactly so I need eight hours yeah yeah I need eight hours like it doesn't I'm, I'm I do like I do like going to bed early and waking yeah. up early but I need eight hours I think half of my half of my hangovers more so because I'm tired because you're tired yeah it's the sleep hygiene that's this that's this that's disturbed and I think it's more like obviously I'm older than you guys but like I feel like I used to be able to function on two three hours of sleep at night and I have done uh, in my 20s like it, I was mm. just like I don't know how I ever did that even now, it's not that I actually necessarily sleep a lot. I probably see about six hours, but I have to go, I have to unwind and then boom, I'm like. Yeah, I feel like I'm more on it in the morning if I get up and I've had a decent amount of sleep and I'm actually getting some exercise. Otherwise, I have to sit there with like, you know, a liter of coffee before I'm finally awake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. It is a liter of coffee I drink oh, every wow, day. It's that's insane. A lot. <laughs> What I want to know is when it comes to the marketing side of things, mm. you know, you're talking about sending out stuff to, to the guests so that they can do their own marketing. But what, what other things do you do around marketing and making sure that you're getting your brand out there, that people are seeing it, and then that you're getting listeners? You know, how do you go about getting the listeners? So I'm, I'm the worst one for marketing. So <laughs> you'd have to get a be like a better guess for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, basically... Um, Okay, so there's there's a few things, um, a few ways to look at it, right? So the number one is the the good thing about podcasting is like YouTube is a search engine. It can it's not sorry, podcast is not a search engine, but you know how YouTube is a search engine. Mm -hmm. Podcast is searchable. 
slightly different one, but it's searchable. So a lot of people sometimes will find you because they were searching something and Google, because Google, you know, it, 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 so you can, there's, um, so that's where your show notes comes in. So that's part of like, in terms of like how to get seen, how to get found. You were talking about SEO, I believe. Yeah. So, so, so depending on, um, you know, the host that you have, you'd have to check out where you can also include the SEO, just like Sam just mentioned. And literally I'm like, like I said, I was bootstrapping, lean everything is like, it needs to be easy and lean. So when I look at the SEO, I'll go into the topic and I literally Google a phrase around whatever um, the, the episode is on. Mm. And most of the time, um, Google will basically serve me if I, go at the bottom of the first page there'll be the blue there's some blue it'll, i think it'll be blue there'll be like sentences um hyperlinked at the bottom and that's basically what other people are searching the most mm. searchable phrases now is that the wisest thing to do because you could also argue that well if so many people are searching that you're not going to be found because you're like competing whatever i'm using that um and so i use that in the seo part of the when i upload the episode and my show notes i don't think too much about seo in my sh- i don't actually think about seo at all actually in my show notes to be fair but because the show notes i do a long form most of the time long form show notes it does help i think as well so that's kind of like that's my two cents around like you know helping being fans I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing it as google as much as i can in that way um but then um the great thing with interviews is that you're obviously leveraging your guest audience mm. so this is why i actually serve it all on the platter for them whether they want to share it or not it's none of my business. Although at the beginning, I used to sort of try and enforce a little bit. I was like, "Hey, I've checked your social media. I can't see you." <laughs> just like mm. a I, I was, I was, I was that annoying person, right? So and then I stopped because I was just like, "Wait, that's really that's that's wrong. Just don't don't do that." So I've stopped doing that. So now I give them all the stuff, and I use I use WeTransfer because often like I have I will do for all the social media. I will do for LinkedIn and everything. So they all have their own little sizing preferences. Those different platforms. So, because I do it for me, I then send it to them as well uh, with WeTransfer. Mm, marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah, and then obviously I post it myself on social media. Um, well, did else? you already have a good a good following on social media before you started the show? No, I still don't. I have, oh. I think now on Instagram, I'm going to say it's 300 and something followers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'm good with that. I'm good with, listen, I don't care. It's like, I'm not a social reader, like I said, I'm not a social reader person. Uh, so I think what has helped me a lot is I didn't realize this at the beginning and I'm glad I didn't know at the beginning. I just did the pilot season. Each of them had a guest on. Most of them were in different regions around the world. And they actually, most of them promoted it. Actually, only one, only one guest did, the others all promoted it. And I think that's helped. Mm, and it it, yeah it's up and so my I, this is why i think you know like if you if you can actually if you want your guests to help promote and it's basically free marketing i can't pay for that kind of advertising i can't pay to access the audience like i don't have that kind of budget and so if you want your guests if you want to utilize that give them the tools you know i see a lot of podcasts who don't and it's like it's literally you it's, it's it's like throwing money or whatever you want to call it traction down the toilet 
I don't know. I, I have a follow up to that. What you were just saying, anyway, mm-hmm. is is more. It's more around the guests themselves. Like, do you have a vetting process against the guests themselves? Because we've toyed with that idea, and it's like, well, if they're already active on social media, or if they already have a following, we should have them. But unfortunately, there's not enough of those. So we're we're in this. You know. So when you how say you know vetting them, like which part is it? Like like in terms of how big they are? Because you mentioned yeah, following. Just- just being a bit more brutal and saying, you know, you selective. don't have less than, yeah, selective. You don't have yeah. less than 5,000 followers. I know that's a crazy number, but that's that's, fine. I'm just for argument's sake, you don't have less than 5,000 followers. I'm canned. Or... I'm canned, you guys. They're, gonna, they're not going to put this yeah, out because I've got cut, 200. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, okay, so, so this is what, this is what I would say to that. One, it has to be your choice. If it's something that's important for you, live your truth, right? Like the same in America, live your truth, right? But, um, <laughs> So, uh, but what I would say is that you, you may actually, you may actually, what's it called? Cut your nose to spite your face. What's the expression in English? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cut your nose off to spite your face. That's it. So, uh, so because some of the best people to interview may not have the 5,000, the 10,000, no, the million followers, you're right. you know, you like the grit. I think sometimes when you go, f- you don't want someone to be, again, a personal decision, right? I'm not here. I'm not. I don't want to have people who are polished. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't have to be shiny and ready, and they've been like briefed by their PR, and they know exactly what to say. I, that's not me. Not going to fit me. I'm, I think I definitely have people on who are more eloquent than me. That's why they're on because they can express things that I can't. I can't express those feelings the way they do it, right? So, but. This is what we say. If you're looking at numbers, right, if that's important for you, look at engagement instead. Look mm-hmm. at engagement instead. Because actually some of the my guests that have given the, where I've had the most download, and again, it's hard to, to track this on podcasts because it's not like when you have a website and you look at the analytics there. Podcast analytics does, do not necessarily tell you if, that, if those listeners came from that individual's um, Facebook or mm. Instagram, uh, you know, so always because of your SEO were, were on points, right? You it's hard, you can't tell that at this stage, uh, not that I'm aware of. So, but the ones that have given me, the, the ones I've had the most downloads on, two of them don't really have a social media following, but they're very mm. good. People know them in their, in their field. And the other one um, did have, quite a big like quite a compared to the others like you know i would say like mid-level following uh but not one with the highest so the ones i expected to really bring in now uh even if they shared it uh but the one with the mid-level her engagement is insane on her social media and it's it's again she, she's actually she's like older than me right she's older but she's very funny in her and uh, her social media isn't about look at what I do and look at what I do and this is what I'm selling. Of course, every so often she'll say, but most of it is quite entertaining, and people are engaging with her. So people actually, when you see a post from her, I'm one of them. I'd be like, oh, what is she saying today? Oh, what is she mm. saying today? You know. So look at engagement. Look at how many comments people are getting. Likes, if you can still see likes on uh, Instagram, I don't know now. I can't remember now because they've changed it sometimes, right? But so. Um, Look at the engagement. That's what's, that's going to tell you a lot more. We have found some of the best discussions we've had are people who aren't necessarily engaged on, on social media and all the rest of it. Oftentimes, people who are on social media, those those that 
shout the loudest and and that isn't always you know the, the the most effective people to have but we've noticed those people who do shout a lot that they, they get a lot more listens even just a marginal listen and those who have a lot of followers but probably more engagement they have got tons and tons and tons but with that you mentioned around this person who you know people are listening to we put a lot of emphasis we think a lot about the name of the episode because before mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. listen mm -hmm. they read and all the rest of it do you i mean do you put any effort into that sort of thing because you, yeah. just because someone's engaging doesn't mean they're going to click and even hear that person do so have you done any analysis or have do you have any thoughts around how you present it before they've even listened like how to name the the episodes uh, whatever whatever yeah. whatever your response is to actually because well you mentioned people. you mentioned about the search terms on google but is there then some sort of crafting that you do around the actual name of the show so the name the, the so the name of the episode so if, I, if I, i'll start with the name of the episode the name of the episodes uh is whatever i think is going to be best for it i don't care about what seo says <laughs> for the name of the episodes no because i think also i think my listeners are used to it now to see like you know like some sometimes make a bit poke a little bit or just say something just to say you know whatever mm -hmm. um although i haven't always been crafty and arty with every title right i think some of the latest one i may not i haven't like thought more about it just because i've been you know i may have been by that time i was sometimes i don't have an idea for the name i'm like mm. it's been a couple of episodes where i'm like what should i call it and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know um so the Episode titles haven't been SEO'd uh, if the, in that way. Um, now, obviously, if you if you do and, and, and it gets the click, do it, you know. Uh, in terms of you were asking about the artwork and the name of the podcast, is that what you meant? I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are just in general about pre someone even clicking on it or listening to it because you can you can have an engaging guest, but unless you've got someone to click on it like just any any of your response around that idea really whether it's the title artwork show notes anything really that from my perspective that's, that's how what to get them about. how to get them to click on it yeah <laughs> what makes you want to click on something that's what i would ask because uh for me like i know like if i if i'm looking in apple Podcasts and trying to find something new to listen to you have to have a hook, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but the hook is what is going to be whatever I am into. So my what's going to hook me in is not going to hook necessarily going to hook someone else in. So what I would say, my biggest advice, which is not actually answering your question, but in terms of how to get people to stay and listen, mm -hmm. is a trailer, a soundbite. I always start every episode with an outtake. And then there's the music, then the intro, and then the episode. So I always like a bit oh, like when you watch a trailer to the movie. This is a real. That's actually a marketing technique that's used across many industries, which you can also. The way to think about it is the trailer to the movie. What makes you go and watch a movie? The you, what do you check? Many times, even on Netflix, I got Netflix. I love Netflix, but sometimes I'm like, am I gonna watch that? And some of the older movies do not have an automatic trailer on that. I don't know if you've noticed that. So I go on Google and I go... Oh, I've noticed that. You get like a minute of the movie or something on Amazon or Netflix. That's, the, that's yeah, what but their some, trick some for the trailer the, now, isn't but it? But some of the older ones, you don't. Because obviously, they didn't used to... Whatever reason, they don't. 
But so, so sometimes <laughs> I don't have it. So I'm like, am I going to commit to an hour? I don't know. So I'll go and on YouTube and go name of the movie trailer, bam. And then I'm like, I watch the trailer and I'm like, okay, yes or no. That's it. I think that's a really great idea. Because that's the investment. It's like, well, mm. is it going to be my bag or not? Mm. No, I think mm. that's a really great idea. That's the hook. That's that's the way. That's how I hook. Have you ever tweaked any of the names of your episodes after you've launched them? Have you ever gone, this one's not doing very well. I'm going to just modify this a little uh, bit. I only, I only changed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was because I realized I wasn't clear. So it's uh, so um, it's the one with Mistress Marley. So she's a professional financial dominatrix. And after I <laughs> launched the episode, um, turns out within that within the BDSM community, a lot of people get really angry at Findom. That's called financial domination, and uh, because it, it puts like a certain name onto it or whatever. Some people are not all happy about it. And I realized I had to sort of like specify professional Findom just to sort of clarify that we all understand she's a professional this is not particular it's not a like necessarily a lifestyle uh that people engage in so i sort of went in and just went um whatever the title was the, t- the title had something with like financial financial dominatrix and then i included the word professional so people understood I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to feel like I was. I was misleading people. If that makes sense. So that's the one. That's the one I changed. I think that's the only one. What exactly is a financial dominatrix? I mean, I don't really <laughs> want to go off on a tangent, but well, that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, it's a it's it's a kick. So um, you have. Uh, so she does it. She from I think primarily now. Obviously, this is a, a while back now. So maybe now it's different uh, what she does, but. Uh, from from memory is that she her most of her clients so she's a sex worker so most of her clients are male and you have some men who part of their how they get off or how they're satisfied and whatever there is um is providing for a woman mm. and literally shoot they will just cash up her money uh sometimes just for no reasons obviously sometimes there's an exchange of if it's in person, there's an exchange of uh, of service, but they just wanna look after. And part of it also sometimes some of them, some of our clients want to be humiliated with it too. So they, she will. You may have seen this. There was a, a viral video that went out about someone else. It wasn't her, although she has had a few things go viral. Um, but the, where you may sometimes see um, um, a man and a woman. Um, and they're at the cash point and the woman starts to insult him and humiliates him. Uh, whatever, however shapes it, he wants it to look like. And that's, he pays her to do that. He pays <laughs> her to, because he wants to be humiliated. Wow. Um, it was super fascinating. It was actually one of my favorite interviews, to be quite honest. Uh, absolutely fascinating. She's an extraordinary woman. I have a lot of respect for her. So it was definitely, it was one of those, it was very surprising on, there was so much to learn. It was a lot of fun. She And she had a great sense of humor. She was strong, strong-headed, but great sense of humor. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. We never really uh, touch on the subject of sex workers, do we, Sam? But <laughs> <laughs> Sex in tech, sex in tech. What do you know? Sex, sex in, tech. in tech. Was it like the, right. only, the only fan websites and stuff? Maybe you guys developed it. I don't that's, know. That's a very good point. Sexy tech, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I th- I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, that's a future episode right there. So I think... <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> no problem. Um, 
That's a very good point, though, actually, with the OnlyFans stuff, because that's uh, that that's taken off massively, hasn't it? And uh, and you know, it wouldn't be possible, I suppose, without without the tech behind tech, it. So yeah. we should get into that. We'll do that one. Um, <laughs> Whilst we're on the subject of tech, because <laughs> we haven't been massively on point with the tech in this episode, but it's been really interesting. Um, you mentioned on your page as well about learn, learning podcasting um, that the tech can be really daunting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned, I think, early on that you had friends who helped you suggest go and do this, that and the other to, to get started. But um, now that you're a professional podcaster and you know exactly what you're doing how do you go about helping other people to 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 solve the tech problems i'm still learning i still make mistakes Mm. don't get me wrong like i'm not you know i think we'll i think if you think that you've got it all right then you're gonna go downhill pretty quick uh that's my opinion but um (laughs) no i'm definitely a lot more comfortable than day one that's for sure and garage band i had to really teach a lot of it myself like i had oh my god but um yeah, it was a lot of um, hard work. But then I ended up going to the Apple store as well. They did help me a little bit. Those angels. Oh, yeah, they did free seminars, didn't they? Yeah, but then, you know, and I went in and I was like, oh, I'm struggling with this. And they were so great. Um, so, uh, yeah, so how I help others is, is, is that your question, right, Chris? Uh, yeah, well, what have you learned and then how do you help others? I mean, actually, I'm curious as well. What was the hardest thing about starting the podcast from a tech perspective? Editing. Oh, really? Because it's so time consuming. Yeah. I don't like knowing that I'm going to be sat behind a computer for so long, not talking to anyone. It's just weird. <laughs> Did you go from like zero experience in GarageBand and editing or opening, a, you know, a, like a, you know, digital audio um, studio? Did you go com- from complete novice to editing this podcast? So that's a good question. So no, actually, I, but this is going back years. Okay. So this is, so I studied television production and I graduated in 2004. Since then, I hadn't really, I mean, obviously, I dabbled a little bit after that, but I, so I used to do editing and special effects on After Effects, and I used to edit on, was it uh, Avid Express? What was it called? Avid? I don't know. Avid, you, you yeah, guys, yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, I was good at it then, uh, but then I went straight back into performance, you know, so I didn't actually, you know, I didn't carry on, and the tech has changed a lot, but what that has helped me is to sort of understanding about because I was definitely not a sound person because as you know like the sound engineer on set of uh, you know whether you're on a TV or film set it's a speciality you have to really respect like a lot of people overlook them but you cannot like it's it's a it's it's a profession it's a career it's a passion you know sound is really important actually you know um, especially when it's broadcast and things like that for, for the cinema and whatnot but so I'd learned a lot in terms of some of the disciplines and how continuity and things like that and also understanding about timeline on the track and, you know, the philosophy behind cutting and things like that. However, so that was actually really helpful. But because I hadn't done any of that in so long, and GarageBand, I never used GarageBand because that's like, that's like compared to what I used before, that's like a little bit amateur. That's like the free software. Right? And I didn't know how it worked. <laughs> Obviously, it's more for music as well. It's made for music. But then, you know, um, so some of it sort of that helped. And also I'd already trained myself to, you know, like after effects, someone showed me the basics all these years back. And then I just learned myself by trial and error, you know. So that's kind of a little bit with GarageBand. I think I, I sort of like Googled, you know, how, you know, what does the, you know, what is these different things? And then I tried and then the things I didn't, couldn't figure out, I asked for help. 
um, people who knew more their stuff, you know. So it sounds like you have an ability to teach yourself, though. Yeah, a little bit, but then also know who to ask. I think that's important, mm. you know. So at some point, you just got to ask because I could decide to carry on looking for another month and then not get an answer. Sometimes you need that person who's a professional in sound or someone who understands the software inside out and just ask them and they, they can answer you in 10 minutes. And have you had any issues with like the computers that you've been using as well? Because like when Sam and I started out, we were both on MacBook Pros. I think they're both 13 inch MacBook Pros and they both started massively overheating. And we've kind of gone on a bit of a journey together as we've changed them to different things. So I think I, we're both running on Mac minis at the moment, but you've just sprung for a new uh, M1 MacBook, haven't you, Sam? Mm hmm. So, you know, they're running a lot quieter, but I wonder if you'd been through that same sort of thing as well, where your Mac sounds like it's about to take off. Yeah, it does overheat. I have a, I have a MacBook 13-inch, so I've, I've, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I will I, I will eventually need to upgrade also because just the hard drive is, you know, uh, really small. <laughs> it basically is. I can have to delete. And, but I also use, I have two external hard drives because I like to keep backups of backups. I mean, I'm a bit OCD. And I'm just like, you have to keep back. And actually, I speak to other people and they keep like people who are developers and they have like, you only have two backups. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, so, but definitely you have to back up. But yeah, no, um, yeah, it does overheat. What I would say is, um, and this is why I actually uh, send my guests, whether they do it or not, I, I don't know, I can't enforce it. But is before you do a recording, is restart or shut down your computer mm -hmm. because it's going to help just make it less noisy if you've been on it the whole day. Ideally, what I do is actually I'll shut down, shut it down, um, let it cool off a little bit, and then I restart it um, before. Because, yeah, it does it does go... So is that more yeah. of a, an audio thing as opposed to, like, a yeah. technical thing? Because I'd audio. say one, if you update, you ain't going to worry about that because uh, the new the new Macs are silent, so... Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they'll be, like, it's going to yeah. be a squeezy experience. But, so have yeah. you have you always done your podcasts remote then over yes. zoom yeah because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i mean we can get into all that i mean which i mean we've gone through a bit of a journey of live streaming it and i've seen podcasts who do live streams and they're able to kind of edit you know uh, you know they've got youtube and they can highlight comments and they've got their names and if they want to hone in on one guest versus have you explored any of that kind of uh wizardry we we did it for a while where we were doing it directly through zoom but it looks like cac and you've got the time codes yeah. you've got you've got names you've got this it just and it has a little logo in the bottom it just doesn't look good where mm. i've seen podcasts that broadcast their podcasts and it looks it looks clean it's like it's as if it's like taking a raw video track and a raw audio track and combining it somewhere i don't know this is something i want to dig into but i wanted to know if you had explored that at all yeah so i stay away from video podcast um mm -hmm. i mean it, i mean it is definitely it's definitely like trending a lot of people do um uh, but mm -hmm. for me i'm like it, it kind of takes away the part that i love about podcast so uh, even actually when I interview, so you both, both of you, Sam and Chris, you guys are very, you know, uh, lovely and you actually have the video on. But when I interview someone, the video is off. Really? really? I feel like there's a connection. <laughs> 
there's a connection wow. there that you can't often get. We can't, mm-hmm. you know, mock people for their, you know, facial expressions. And... No, no. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing, I think, like, for me, there's two reasons. One is because they're all remote, so the internet and stuff, so you get better sound quality. The, the better the sound quality I can get from the get-go, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be at the end. And yeah. so there is that. But also, too, for me, when I'm interviewing, I can't multitask in terms of, I don't want the, I, I need to have free reign in how I may be receiving the information they tell me. And I don't want them to be, because also often, you know, we may be reading um, facial expression, but sometimes, how often do you, how often has someone not misread you and go, oh, you, but sometimes you just have a thinking face and you just look grumpy, right? Or sometimes you just have like a listening face and you look like someone, you know, you're about to laugh or whatever. You, I don't, you, you, you don't want to get lost in, uh, for me personally, I don't want to, I don't want the person to be lost in that. And three, for me, it helps me to know the experience of the listener. Because when, so because if it's, if the video is off and you say something and I'm agreeing, I'm more likely to go, right, yeah. But if we're on video, I may just snug because I feel like I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, mm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. But then the listener doesn't... And also, part of the listener's ex- in, um, experience is that they may they may explain something and I understand because of their, of their facial expression or they're doing something with their hands. Mm. However, the listener is not getting that. Mm. So if something isn't clear, I'm like, can you... What do you mean? I don't understand. What do you mean? It was... Mm. you know and then they'll have to re-explain so that part but it's different for everyone so i don't because my next question was going to be and i haven't spoken to you about this uh chris just yet but i've i've recently had an offer of someone wanting to build kind of a podcast studio for us not for us but you know what i mean that we can use it yeah we'll go with for us grant if you're listening is for us okay <laughs> um, thanks grant cheers thank you um, <laughs> and i wanted to know if you had any advice i mean you mentioned around how people start up a podcast and whether you had any advice around someone wanting to build a podcast studio so a physical space with with podcast equi- podcasting equipment what's how how best to go about that and i don't know I'll throw I'll throw that up in the air and see what you catch there. I yeah. don't know what the question was. <laughs> That's what, no, when you start out, I mean, listen, if you have the means for when you start out, if you have the means and the time or you have the uh, resource to do it, why not? Do do whatever you think, you know, if if, that, if it's worth your time, do it, you know, soundproof it. You can buy stuff online to like all these different things. However, uh, the room that I'm in is not conducive to podcasts like when i've showed people you know people who are like you know sound professional they go what like um so i have big windows there's a street outside i have there's two there's i live in the studio flat so there's no door between yeah. here and the outside like it's not conducive for sound but if you know how to do your levels in your settings and if you know how to master it in like you know i do the mastering in the garage band it's fine it, it doesn't go out into the cinema if you if I if this was going out in the, the cinema, I'll have a problem. Would would be you know this wouldn't work because it's on blast and you have mm-hmm. to have proper sa- and it will be a whole different equipment. And yes, mm-hmm. you'd be in a studio. So, um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if you can have a studio, why not do it? It's going to be even better. Mm-hmm. Because that's specifically why I chose this microphone. Because if I start to go away, I start to disappear, and. Um, being in a flat, being a studio flat, I'm able to come right up close and hopefully not pick up a lot of the out, out, 
you know a mm-hmm. space around it but given a studio you'd probably go some for something like a condenser mic or something like that yeah you mm. can a condenser I, that's, that's the thing is like that's the i mean i actually use a condenser mic but i know that it's not conducive for it's better to, when you're in the studio so mm. i do actually when i upgrade go for a dynamic mic but this one like i just know how to do the settings so it, it helps mm. but yeah it does pick up on a lot more so if mm. you are in the flat definitely go for uh dynamic yeah 100 percent I have been told uh, you can do condensers, but you can have them omnidirectional, so yeah. it can it will only do this. So I might look into that, but I, I do like the sound out of this. Uh, well, most most mic. mics are directional, so they're gonna be cardioid. So you you know you can have a, a omnidirectional mic, which you don't want to do that if you are just by no. yourself anyway. No, absolutely. But most mics are gonna be cardioid, so it's gonna pick up like a heart shape, whatever is in front of you, or oh, sorry in front of the mic or on the side of it mm-hmm. but behind it's still going to pick up some but not like that's not where you're going to be recording from uh, mm-hmm. but the dynamic and condenser is more in terms of yeah not picking up as much of the background noise uh, that's mm-hmm. that's that's where the dynamic comes in condenser is great if you really want to do detail work you know um, yeah. that usually happens yeah. more in the studio as well so do you recommend different types of microphones for the the students that you have yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Different different price range as well. So nothing more than uh, 700. So from 50 quid to 700 pounds. Mm. Uh, and also um, there is one of them where you need to get extra equipment. So I just say, look, you can, that's the one that a lot of people talk about, but you have to understand you need to get like an interface and that's a bit of another situation. Uh, and you'd have to know how to use that, and I don't, and I don't have that. Which one's um, that one? Is it the SM7B? Yeah, the check. SM7B. Yes, is that's it the my SM7B, yeah. yeah. That's the that's the podcast microphone I lust after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, to be honest. Two hundred and four pounds. But if you don't, if you, but if you, um, if you look at the MV7, um, I think it's two hundred something. I can't remember now off it's, my head. I've got I've got two hundred and four right in front of me right now. So yeah. there we go. So the MV seven, you know, for the price, is really it, it, you almost get this, like in terms of audio quality, is not that much far, if you know how to do your settings and stuff. So it's sure. actually really worth it. Um, but if you want to have more control and do the interface and stuff, yeah, go for the mm. was it the SM. Well, SM7B, I, I yeah. got I got a Samsung Q2U, and the yeah. good thing about this one, I'm sure you know, is actually that it's USB straight in. And yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Is that what you use as well? Or yeah, no, no. I, my my use a Snowball Blue Snowball Ice, and that's USB. But that's the thing with MV7. MV7 is also USB. Now let me just make sure I'm not oh. confusing the two MV7. And um, so I just want to double check here because uh, basically the the cheaper one is. Um, USB and XLR, I think you can choose. Mm. Uh, yes, let me the, just the, the MV7, I think, is their podcast version of the SM7B, isn't it? So it's the yes. one that it's the one that you can plug in directly oh, via USB. I was going to say, I was going to correct you guys. It's like, no, it's, no, it's SMV7, but they switched no. around the 7V, and that's the... Uh, that's confusing. Just... No, it's 7B is the, is the XLR one, which was also the one that supposedly Bowie used to use for singing. Yeah, so basically SM7B, that is the one that you need to have that extra stuff. Um, you need to have like a cloud yes. filter. Yes. So, um, and this XLR cable, and you need an interface. So mm. all of that really, oh, wow. when you add yeah. it all together, that's around 700 quid really. Even though yeah, the yeah, mic yeah. is 360, 
But, oh, you know, they may have it on offer now. We threw one on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> so, okay, so 670 quid, uh, you know, with everything else. But then you have the MV7, and that one is plug and play, like USB cable. Uh, and that's, that's 220. That's probably gone down now. And so it sounds yeah, it's pretty relatively good. new, I think, isn't it? The, uh, yeah. the MV7. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of an alternative to the, the more complex one, the SM7B, for people who start out. You yeah. Know? Mm, mm. So that's what that's the next one I want to get is the MV7. What's the difference between straight up? I mean, they say the audio quality is better through XLR, but is there much of a difference between going directly through USB and actually going through an interface? I would say there probably is if you know how to use it. Um, mm. And the main mm. the main reason I say that is I don't necessarily know because I've I don't own an XLR mic, but when it comes to tech, it's like it's like if you when you make when you make film. So like, you know, back to what, you know, when I did TV production, like the better the the source is. So if when you record something, the higher the quality, the better the settings, the better everything is, the more you can do, like the better the output. So the better the, if you need, it's, it's not a case of, oh, we'll fix it in post, right? Oh, yeah. That's a really bad one. If you can actually get it all straight up from the beginning. I do believe if you know how to use it, it will probably most likely give you better yeah. sound yeah. for sure. But we're talking podcasts and I think when you do podcasts, think about how most people listen to it. Like I know some people have insane speakers at home and they've spent 10 grand on and they spend a grand on the cables alone, you know, when they listen. Like some people have a whole setup, right? Okay, but that's only like that's more like the, the 1% of <laughs> population, right? So, but most people listen to podcasts how? Through their phones. And mm. on their laptop or computer, and they have like speakers, they're not going to be like the latest. It's not like in a cinema. If you're in a cinema, yes, then you have a problem. Mm. But most podcasts don't make the cinema. <laughs> uh, well, I'd be totally guessing here, but I imagine most podcasts are listened to through earbuds or headphones, you know, because mm. that's just the nature of them. You listen to things on the go or in a car. But all of these situations are pretty, you know, poor mm. speaker quality, I guess. Yeah. I, w I will say, though, I think I think Chris and I have a good compromise with how our audio settings because honestly, the amount of people that actually like literally make a, a face because like holy like this actually sounds really good, and the amount of comparisons I've done with other kind of podcasts it's like it sounds like trash because they've it's echoey they're doing it on their laptop speakers or something like that like we haven't spent a tremendous amount like I say this is like an introductory kind of pack that you buy 60 quid or something I'm not sure your your how much your setup is but I think generally what I'm saying is and I hope that you can agree you can get a great setup for less than 100 quid for sure oh absolutely and it's good enough and it makes a difference just to have that little bit of extra just have dedicated soft uh hardware sorry that's that's actually what i advocate so you can get everything for under 100 quid enough effectively the mic and the scissor arms and the pop filter that was under 70 quid mm -hmm. and i just say 100 because i'm like okay let's say like for me when i started i actually had to get new speakers because i realized my speakers were so like i brought no i broke the speakers and i just have like small ones the pebbles creative pebbles like i literally what i say i'm bootstrapping is bootstrap so you know um so, like, you know, I had to add that, and I already had my headphones, but, so, yeah, you really don't, I think, especially when you start off, I mean, that's the, that's the people I sort of tend to speak to, is like, you know, or that, that I help, I mean, it's like, 
they're starting out like listen some of them some of them actually do have a big budget they already have like a huge successful business and actually they realize they actually they just want to outsource everything because they have the finance they have the means to so yes of course I, then do it but they also know as long as you know what is it you're looking for you know you know who to hire because there's a lot of people out there that will just charge you a fee and they don't know what they're doing you do it much better yourself mm-hmm. much better yourself i mean there's some shockers out there i'm sure you know this but um you know people <laughs> charging to do an edit and you're like what the fuck was that um that is true have you outsourced much of your editing at all not the edit itself i used to mm. outsource the mastering the, the sound yeah. yeah um and actually the the i think i went through three people the last one was great um but eventually it just i couldn't financially it was just you know i was like i need to do this myself and yeah so um how much do you think people should be expecting to to spend on like an outsourced edit or an outsourced sound mix no actually anyone really worth their salt is you know um it starts off with i mean it depends you can find people you can do if someone's starting out you know they'll do a price for you and stuff but anyone is actually good and because you know when you do edit you do it properly you actually listen to the whole track you don't just Mm. put it through a software and do a magical convention you know you do need to listen that you know maybe when you're talking maybe i'm like you know doing something and i have a condenser mic so there may be a bit of noise like if i do this or you may want to i don't know whatever it depends how, how perfectionist you want to be but um Anyone who actually does on a regular basis, I don't see anyone charging less than 60 quid per episode. And it can go, you know, some people charge two grand for four episodes. Like It, it, can, be, it can be anything. It can be, um, you can find people obviously on people per hour Upwork or through Facebook groups and stuff. It really varies a lot. And this is why it's important that you, you know what quality it looks like and what is it you need to look for. Because... You could be paying someone and they return it actually worse than what it is. They may not understand the levels that Apple Podcasts needs to, you know, the what the margin is and things like that. They may completely mess it up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we you know we've had a fair share of editors and stuff like that, and uh, it's been it's been a journey. It's, it's worth working with someone because, and in fact, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't know what we like. So now I laugh and I go. <laughs> Like that after I laugh and I'm like, I said to, I said to Ida, can you just remove that? You know, because yeah. it's just one of those things. I didn't realize it was such an, an ordeal <laughs> when we first started. Sometimes it's about, I don't know, just, just removing someone's track if they're not speaking, yeah. you know, or removing ums. Because sometimes, not sorry, not ums, but if I'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in an agreement with what you're saying, it helps the face-to-face conversation. But during the edit, during the you don't want to hear mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all the time, but mm-hmm. I do think every now and again. <laughs> no, sorry, that was not that. I wasn't being. I wasn't being uh, uh, sarcastic. Natural. I was. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I get natural. it. Yeah. You're you're helping the conversation. You're showing that you're engaged and all the rest of it. But a a listener d- as a third party to that conversation doesn't need to listen to that. You know what I mean? So now I say, Simon, can you just remove them? Mm-hmm. But you're raising yeah. a really good point. It's like that. You know, when you do outsource, and that's a very important point that you made, actually, the person's not going to know what you want. And that's exactly. not actually so necessarily what I mean by shockers, but it's true. Some people want all the homes removed. Like, you know, and that's going to be a lot more work and you have to be prepared to pay more for that because, you know, <laughs> you know, when you start out, you don't realize how much work it is really to, uh, you know, for the person to do the job, right? 
But yeah, you, some other people, they're not going to mind that. Mm -hmm. Right? Some people are going to want to leave that in. Some people want to remove long gaps. So everyone's going to have, so you need to, like you said, you need to know what you want. There'll be things like, you know, and how they compress the track, or there could be things like, it, it depends how finicky you are with sound. Um, or sometimes they try and help by going, um, oh, I'm going to, Shape, like they would uh, remove my like they will diminish my sound quality because the guest wasn't as good so they wanted to make sure it, it sounded like as if you were in the same room and I was like yeah. don't do that why are we doing that for like you know in my <laughs> mind I didn't say it like that I didn't say it like that but yeah. like no. I was almost having a pat I was like and then I, say, I went can we please revert back to your like do not let's not it's, I said I said I think I said like the listeners do understand that I'm not in the same room. The person who's in the US is fine. Like, you know, like, it's yeah. okay. Like, but for someone, so, but another podcaster, they'll be like, great idea. Super brilliant. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So it, it, there's a lot of moving parts. And that's why it also takes time. Sometimes people think that outsourcing is easy. It's easy and saves time if you don't care. Like, mm. if you're just mm. happy to just let the other person do it mm. and let them decide. Do you have any ambitions to do face to face? Because I think Chris, if I if I read you rightly, you've got quite an ambition to do start doing these face to face and and all the rest of it. I think it would be nice to do like them face to face. But you realise that it would just be you and I in the same room. We're not gonna. We're not unless they're in London. More than welcome. More yeah, than I mean, I I definitely yeah. don't want to do a podcast with you in the same room unless there's a guest. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. How to, I don't know whether you're serious there. You could. No, be I was very, joking. Oh. I was joking. See, you yeah. can't read people over Zoom. It's terrible. There you go. You <laughs> see, that's what you need to do. But Angie, like, have you got any desire to do things to to do podcasts face to face? Because we all interview people all over the mm. world. But if possible, we live in London. It would be great to to have done this face to face. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I'm definitely up to try. Mm. I've never actually done any interview face to face like for podcasting, so I don't actually know how I would feel about it. Exactly, and I think yeah. from a technical standpoint, there'll be a whole heap of oh. learning there. Oh yeah, Do you know yeah, what it's I mean. You'll probably need someone on the mixing desk or something. Yeah. I don't know a reference, someone referencing. I'm throwing stuff out there. We're not going to have that, but you'd have a problem with it. feedback, so you'd have to make sure that exactly. however you position in the distance and stuff like that. So there's just that too. But that 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 will be pretty quick to learn. I mean, it's not as you know. But it's things like that to consider. Mm. I have actually done one podcast in person, but I was being interviewed. Oh. I was going to say, have you cheated on me? Cheated on you. He's already tried it with someone else, Sam. You won't be the first I, one. I'm not going to tell you who it was. You'll have to try and figure it out. But one of our guests actually interviewed me as my first podcast. Mm. So there you go. Um, I, can, I can hear but, domestic uh, domestics soon. kicking off. No, but I, that was. I mean, that was an interesting experience because. I think uh, they were just using, uh, I can't remember how they did it. I think they almost just did it live off like a phone. Like they actually didn't have any proper mic setup or anything. And I was amazed like what it would, you know, how is this going to actually sound? How is this going to come together? But, you know, I think that was a good few years ago. Was it I with the Anchor? You know, like they would go straight to their phones? No, I think I think it was just being recorded um I think it was just being recorded to 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 just like the audio, or you know, they were just recording the audio and then putting the podcast out there. Um, 
Like on their phones, you mean like like on the voice notes? Yeah, like literally the voice on recorder. the voice notes. Yeah. Oh, right, super, okay, right, okay. Oh, yeah, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, like yeah, super low tech. You they're know? definitely not overcomplicating it. I kind of like that too, though. I kind of have respect yeah, but for that. Yeah. I mean, you do get podcasts that are like that, though, where, you you know, you're listening in and you're going, this is really low budget, like, you know, two two blokes in a room chatting. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of that actually So it's there. a guy then. That's my first clue. It's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you don't tend to find out there, you know, if you get two girls doing a podcast, the audio is usually on point. They're usually, you know, the the, the topics are usually on point and they're interesting. You know, I'm thinking the sort of red-handed well, I, I, girls I, I, out I, I, there. I, I, the I, moment, guess, yeah. I guess maybe because they, we don't want another guy to say, oh, it's a girl, she doesn't know what she's doing. Hey, well, <laughs> it's maybe. It's a bit too technical, maybe. isn't it, darling? It's a bit too technical. <laughs> well, maybe, <laughs> it, maybe it is exactly that. But there's thousands of guys out there chatting shit that I just couldn't care less about about you know because there's maybe maybe in some instances there isn't even a topic they're talking about they're just mm-hmm. chatting shit and i think it's really important to have like you know talking points and questions and conversation and all that sort of stuff but i actually think the audio needs to sound to sound good too right you want to feel like the person made a bit of an effort oh yeah definitely but i do think if you were doing it in person you'd have a different vibe you know i mean like yeah. I, I i've done a lot of um a lot of software developer interviews and you know, even if the interview isn't going so well, they're probably a little more comfortable to do that. It, it, it's a little bit more comfortable to get through a difficult interview when you're doing it in person than when you're doing it over Zoom, I think. Because at uh, least you can... I guess it depends, because if it goes really bad and you have to sit there and be chatty and say, yeah, okay, trying to leave and no, I mean, I don't know. Like, I have to do... You could just flick your camera on and off and just say, like, oh, the, the, the audience kind of bad should, yeah. we, should we call it a you can just like shut off your your computer and pretend the internet went you know like you have a few exit strategies oh yeah. i've lost you i can't I've lo- I just... can you hear me no i can't, I can't hear you you're cutting out hello? hello i'm actually getting anxiety from this now hello? can you both stop it <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I think the I think the thing is like when you when you're interviewing someone, even when you're interviewing someone over a podcast, you've got to have a great experience with the with the with an interviewing like a, a candidate. You've got to have a great candidate experience, and you should have a great guest experience when you're interviewing someone personal. And I, I personally, and I think you know it it would be interesting. It would be a different vibe if you did it in a room. Um, I think you know there's a whole load of other tech challenges and stuff that you've got to got to solve. But like when you're doing like a developer interview, you can't. You can't like just walk out. I mean, I've I've got, I've come across loads of people who will like end an interview early and go, yeah, sorry, um, you know, you've got to, uh, this isn't working, you know. And it's different when you were talking about the one that you were doing for your mm-hmm. for your podcast earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if someone's going for a job and you cut the interview early, they're going to hate the company. You know, they're going to absolutely hate everything about it. And I've seen people walk people out, and it's just like, well, that's just mean. Like, why would you be mean? Yeah, There's yeah, no point. Yeah. Yeah, so. you don't want to be. What's the word? Gratuitous. gratuitous. That's it. Thanks. Yeah. Is it gratuitous? Yeah. I'm gonna say Done yes, without good reason right. or uncalled for. There you That's go. It, That's it, uncalled. Yeah. So just to be yeah. mean, just instead yeah, of yeah. just ending it in a way that sort of doesn't make the person feel like they're a piece of oh, shit, you know, yeah, yeah, no, you want to be decent about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on you. You're the one who asked them to come over, so it's on you as well that it's not working out. That's how I see it. Yeah, and people are like that all the time. I don't know why people want to be mean all the time. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, but... Chris, you had a bad day. 
<laughs> did someone not did someone at Starbucks give you your coffee cold or something what's happening what's going on I no I literally don't leave the on. house now that we have a pandemic <laughs> but I, I think um, no there was I was in London the other week and I was uh, I was at a shared office uh, I was supposed to go to a shared office and yeah. our office ended up being closed because someone had COVID and we had to go into another Passes. office right, yeah. and uh, <laughs> the office that we were borrowing a guy like, told me I was taking the piss for using a meeting room. And I was right. like, "What? There's, there's like three other people here and there's five meeting rooms. Like, this one's empty. No one's using it. What is your problem? <laughs> it doesn't well, make any he's sense. Just, he's, just, he's such a square, isn't he? Well, it's just, well, why? What, like you why? didn't log it in. You didn't log in the logbook that you were using a meeting room that exactly. no one else was using. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, you can't deal with year. that can't deal yeah. with that <laughs> that's that's being petty isn't it that's it is being, being petty. petty it is being petty you know jobs worth oh absolutely yeah you don't like those hey we've gone way off topic again we've done it again uh <laughs> 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 it's because i got all confused with the anxiety before of you guys playing with your cameras and your microphones sorry what did you say yeah um oh wow I'm off track now. Sam, have you got any questions? <laughs> no, I think we're we're an hour, well, probably over an hour and a half. In, we're well so over, I think. Speaking yeah. of editing, it's going to be a bit. I know, it's a good luck to you guys, yeah. <laughs> well, so. it's been, um, it, it's ha- it has been a pleasure to to uh, to have you on. Have we, uh, have we covered it all? We've covered definitely a lot, definitely. I mean, so, you know, it's one of those you could talk for hours, but, you know, we're not going to. So tell people like- about where they can go to learn more about setting up a podcast, because, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so if you uh, want, you can, obviously, there's loads of people teaching it, by the way. So, you know, just find whoever you find is, like, the best fit for you, who you'd like to, you know, learn from. Uh, But if you want to learn with me, the website is learnpodcasting.online. Simple. Yeah, well, you see what I did there? Right. I, yeah. I like it. Right. And then if you want to listen to my podcast, it's all for this shit, S-H asterisk T. And otherwise, if you just go to my website, Angie hyphen s.com you can find everything there but yeah learn online is a good place to start and yeah thank you so much i'll have like a really great time with you both thank you so much this has been really fun <laughs> great well it's been a pleasure talking to you we've really enjoyed it <laughs>